Welcome to the Bethel Church Austin Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this sermon by a special guest speaker. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com. Matthew, I'm on. There you go. Well, here we are. How you guys doing? Doing good? Well, what an intro. Wow. I'm very honored. If you're surprised to see me up here tonight, you're more surprised than I am. (laughs) This wasn't scheduled. You know that song that we, we just heard, God, do what you want to? Well, you made that a, a way of life, you get a lot of surprises. The name of uh, our ministry, my wife and I, many years ago, was Just Say Yes. And Just Say Yes has taken us to many places, many situations. But yesterday, I was at home minding my own business, <laughs> enjoying life. And my son calls to say, hey, Dad, you know, Brian Simmons, uh, Brian Simmons is still ill and can't make it next week. So I'm going to move up to that slot, which leaves tomorrow open. And I'm like, no, he's not going to. <laughs> he says, so you want to preach tomorrow? And after my knees stopped knocking, because it's been a while since before COVID. It's been a while. Um, so I said, say yes, say yes, say yes. I went, what? He said, say, say yes, say yes. You sure? Yes, say yes. I said, no. So I called him back and said, I'd do it. So, <laughs> so you guys are going to have to bear with me tonight. Yes. I got Chad in the house. Because <laughs> I got a lot stirring up in here and in here. A lot of things stirring, guys. <clears throat> I was supposed to preach in April. Actually, I was supposed to preach before then. We had shutdowns and all kinds of stuff. But So this, this message has been brewing in me, and I said, God, should I just go ahead and prepare that message? And he said, uh, it's not really ready yet. I'm still um, simmering that message in you. So I said, well, what should I preach on? He said, well, here. Okay. And he said, I said, well, that's kind of similar. He said, just look at it as part A of the big message. So here we are with part A. And if we have the opportunity, then you got to come back for part B, right? So, um, so what I've got, guys, is a bunch of ideas and thoughts and revelations from the Lord. And so it's a mess. It's a real mess. So if you bear with me and give me a little encouragement, we'll, we'll try to get through it. And you're going to have to uh, also bear with me as I <clears throat> go to my notes pretty frequently here because, like I said, I only had a little bit of time to prepare this. But it's good. It's all good, right? God is good. And when you say yes, he provides. Amen? (laughs) Aaron, I love you. (laughs) So uh, my name is Jim Evans, and you probably figured that out by now. And a lot of people uh, know me as Papa Jim, which I totally embrace that. And uh, I want to introduce her. She's going to kill me when we get home. But I want to introduce my lovely wife who's on the front row here. Stand up, darling. And she's the mother of our two awesome sons. I mean, parents couldn't ask for, I mean, God, you just did so good. It wasn't my fault, I got to tell you. But God, you did 
so good, and they're wise. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so Joaquin, she's the, she's the mother to Joaquin and Jahi and Renee and Cass and all our seven grandbabies, and we're so blessed. But I don't want to leave out one other who's been a member of our family for about 28 years now, I guess, something like that. It's Eddie. Yeah, he's like 40, late 40s, 90, 92. Yeah, so he, he walked into our martial arts school. I say he was 19. He says he was 20. He doesn't know. <laughs> and he's been with us ever since. Ever since then, he's been with us. So he's our third son. Actually, he's the oldest, but he's the newest, if that makes sense. <laughs> so Eddie is our third son, and, and we, we love him, and... <clears throat> We've watched him grow and become the awesome man of God he is. And to marry uh, Megan, who is not here. She in the back? Yeah. She's not here tonight. Um, and and they're, they're five beautiful daughters. And so we, we are immensely blessed. So I want to tell you guys a little disclaimer. I'm a teacher. Uh, I've preached, Joaquin said, you know, we were associate pastors. I, I've preached... You know, uh, some, and, um, you know, I think I did an okay job. But basically, I'm a teacher, and I have taught from preschool all the way to college and university. And that's who I am. I'm a teacher. That's my anointing. I try to stay in that lane, you know, <laughs> try not to, to, to veer too much out of that. So I'm, I'm more of a teacher than a preacher. So I want you to pay close attention. Because there may or may not be an exam after this sermon. And if there is an exam, it's going to count for one-third of your grade, okay? So pay, pay very close attention. This may be short tonight. I'm not sure. I didn't really have a chance to, like, you know, do the old in front of the mirror thing and time it and all that. I don't know. We may be out of here in 15 minutes. I won't keep you more than uh, to, no, maybe 10 o'clock at the latest, maybe. But it's probably going to be short. Is everybody okay with that? Short? Does that work for you guys? I think I just heard the children's workers in the back going, hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Short? Yeah, yeah. Calm down, guys. It may or may not be. Before we get going, though, I, I want to send up a little prayer for Eddie yeah. and for Brian Simmons. Yeah. Eddie's... Uh, Stepmother passed away, Corona, and she, she, she lived in uh, Ventura, California, where we're all from, and I got to know Corona, uh, I got to be with her on several occasions as Eddie became a member of our family, and uh, uh, <clears throat> like I said, was in the school, worked in the school, Corona came around, so forth and so on, went to her house, and um, she was a, a, a wonderful woman who loves her children, and it's heartbreaking for them. And Megan and the girls are really heartbroken. And Eddie, of course, flew out in the first thing he could get to Ventura. And knowing Eddie, I, I don't know if Eddie's watching tonight uh, or, or whatever, but we love you, Eddie. Yeah. <clears throat> Come, on. Come on, we love you, Eddie. Yeah. And we know that you're ministering to, to your family there. We know that you're loving on them. We know that you're comfort, comforting everybody. But I just want to send up a prayer of comfort for you, Eddie, and your family. So if you guys can stand up and join me, I appreciate that. So, Lord, we just want to lift up Eddie and the entire Kate family, their, their entire clan. And, Lord, we just uh, we ask you to bless them. To bless them at this time, Lord. And even in this time of distress, God, and pain, Lord, let there be some moments of joy that, that, that seep into it, Lord. And let them remember Caron's face and her smile, and let that bring them comfort and joy, Lord. Lord, we ask, Lord, also that you be present there in that house and amongst that family, Lord. Let them feel your presence. Use this opportunity, Lord, to bring them closer to you, Lord. And we ask for comfort for Megan and, and, and the girls as they grieve, Lord. And they can't be there, but we ask for comfort for them as well. 
And Lord, we just say to just bring to them the realization that Corona right now is dancing with the angels. She has no more pain. She has no more grief. And Lord, we just bless them with everything we have, Lord. We bless them in the name of Jesus Christ. And Lord, we just lift up Brian Simmons too and his wife and family. And we say healing, healing, healing. And, and, and a complete restoration. And we say, Brian, we look forward to you being back with us very, very, very soon. Amen? Everybody said amen. Thank you, Jesus. Well, there's, a, there's an awful lot going on today. 2020 has been a tough year. We've seen a lot of loss. We lost our dear Sandra in December. And there's been a lot of division. But I'm going to tell you today that God doesn't care if you're a Democrat. God is not a Republican. Some of you may not like that. He's not an independent. God doesn't care whether you wear a mask or don't wear a mask. But it's created a lot of division, even in the body. There's been a lot of tough stuff, a lot. But I'm here to tell you that we've faced tough times before. And we've come out stronger. We've survived. We haven't just survived, we've thrived in tough times. So... We can't, we can't put our faith in the wrong places. If we put our faith in the wrong places, then we get buffeted back and forth. We don't have an anchor. We can't put our faith in man. Don't put your faith in me because I will disappoint you eventually. If you put your faith in a preacher, pastor, prophet, apostle, a politician, you eventually will be disappointed. It's a fallen world. And we deal with people that have faults and flaws. Amen? There's one place to put your trust. There's one place to put your trust. In Jesus, amen. Can anybody say Jesus with me? Can you say Jesus? You know, my wife and I were talking the other day. I know I don't look that I'm older than 40, but. That's, that's, my, that's my favorite son right there. <laughs> but you know how that works, right, Jahi? Yeah, you're both my favorites, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but my wife and I were talking the other day about the 60s. And this reminds us of the 60s. It does. My hometown burned in Washington, D.C. Los Angeles burned. You name it, Detroit burned, New York burned, Newark burned, Atlanta burned. I know that a lot of people are angry. I know a lot of people are hurting. A lot of people are afraid. A lot of people are suffering right now. And I get angry. Sometimes I get very, very, very angry. I was so angry when I watched that video of George Floyd that I got sick to my stomach. Yeah. I didn't want to watch it, but I couldn't take my eyes off of it. I 
And the fact of being a black man in America, I know that that's not unusual. It's just as unusual that it goes on videotape. Some of you may not agree with me, but I'm telling you, I lived it. But I get just as angry in any unrighteous murder. I was very upset about the four people who got killed in the Capitol assault against the Capitol. A woman was shot and three police officers have died as a result of that. I'm angry about that. I'm upset about that. Unrighteous is unrighteous. Unrighteous is unrighteous. You know, this year we've seen Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, right here locally, Fernando Castillo. And the list goes on. But my day was Bobby Hutton. It was Malcolm X. It was Martin Luther King Jr. It was JFK. It was Bobby Kennedy. Mega Evers. Fred Hampton. We saw them all assassinated. Every one of them assassinated. The difference now, in 2020, we've had so many right in a row in the same year. Back then, it was over the course of the 60s, but we saw it. it. Made me very, very angry, and a lot of other people. I was radicalized during that time. I, um, I had plans, believe it or not. I had plans. I was going to be a big shot, man. I was going to... I was in ROTC in high school, and I was going to go into college ROTC, and I was going to you know, graduate and, and probably Air Force, maybe Marines, I wasn't sure, but become a pilot. And I was going to fly those jets, man, as fast as they could go. <laughs> then, yeah, you know, Chris. And then I was going to come out and, 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 and get on with American Airlines, the United, or something like that, and make big money. I have a big house and car and fine wife and yeah, just never look back, right? <laughs> so one Sunday, my junior year in high school, I was watching the news. And they were showing 16th Avenue Church, 16th Street Church in Birmingham, Alabama. You guys want to look it up, 16th Street Church in Birmingham, Alabama, Baptist Church. And some devil set, up a, set off a bomb in that church during Sunday school. And I sat glued to my TV set and saw little black babies being carried out of there on stretchers with their little lifeless arms hanging over the side and their mothers melting on the sidewalks, inconsolable. And something snapped in me. Not that I'd never seen anything before. I'd seen lots of stuff before. I've been rounded up in police raids, doing nothing, standing outside my job with a tie on. I've seen lots of stuff. But that, something broke in me. Because a young man in my neighborhood did wrong. He snatched a woman's purse, did wrong. But he got shot in the back of the head as he was fleeing. And the story was that he had a gun, was threatening to flee. What eyewitnesses said, no, he, he was running. There was nothing ever done about it. A lot of rage. A lot of frustration. I basically stopped going to school. I barely graduated from high school. How I wound up graduating is another story. I'll tell you in private. Doesn't shine me the best light. I want you to keep liking me, so I won't tell you that story. <laughs> but eventually, I, I moved on. Went to a little. I uh, uh, went to college. Did a couple, three years. That was crazy in Nebraska. Clan members are uh, shooting at us. Crosses burning in front of our dorms. And I joined the Black Panther Party. 
I went to Berkeley, California, and joined the Panthers, joined the Panthers in Oakland. Became in charge of the uh, Berkeley chapter of the Black Panthers. I became very radicalized. I had to do something. Now, I was raised in church, but I wish I'd been taught about a relationship with God then because I didn't have one. I didn't have one. You know, the Panthers, Panthers uh, motto was power comes out of the barrel of a gun. And I believed it. I believed it. Because I didn't know where real power came from. I had no grit. So I tried to do it on my own. And so did about mm, 30,000 others of us. Am I boring you guys? You guys okay? So I got arrested. Some crazy charges. And I was sitting in a jail cell by myself, which was rare at that time. And I heard a voice. Now this wasn't an audible. It was a, I know it's coming inside of me, but it was not me. And it said, you're getting out. And I was facing life in prison, or worse. There were some charges that could have been worse. And I laughed. And I said, do you know what I'm facing? And the voice kept saying, you're getting out. No matter what I said, the voice kept saying, you're getting out. I tried to argue. I tried to rebut it. But you're getting out. So finally I said, why? The voice said, because we're not dumb as you yet. <laughs> now, I, I know about God, but I didn't know God. Why me? I'm glad it was me. <laughs> yeah. You might not have been here. <laughs> You're getting out because we're not done with you yet. And I knew it was the truth. I knew it wasn't self-delusion. I knew it was the truth. It was a matter of just a few days that I got called to a, um, a meeting with my lawyer. And I walked in, and one of the guys I was arrested with was sitting back with a big old fat cigar and his boots up on the, up on the table. <laughs> and Andrew, our lawyer, was smoking a cigar, and I just looked at him. I said, we're getting out, aren't we? And Andrew's face dropped. said, how did you know? I said, I, I, just, I just knew. I, I, I wasn't ready to, to, to say who that was or what it was at the time. I just knew. Anyway, long story short, I had an introduction to the one true living God. <laughs> the one true living God I had an introduction to. And I'm going to tell you guys that Anger is a normal reaction. Uh, Jesus got angry. Yeah. There's at least two accounts in the, in, in the New Testament where Jesus made a, a, a whip and, and went into the temple and turned the tables over. Amen? Now, I have a feeling, it doesn't say this, but I have a feeling somebody tasted the wrong end of that whip. <laughs> My God ain't no wimp now, okay? Jesus is a bad dude, man. Come on. Jesus is bold. Jesus is bold, man. He's audacious. He got angry. But what was Jesus' message? That, that, that was a tactic. That when he got people's attention, he said, no, this is wrong, but look at me. This is the way. Did Jesus continue to go out and cause chaos. Yeah, he did, but by telling the truth, by speaking in love, by teaching us to love each other. Amen? Yeah. Yeah. So it's okay to be angry. It's okay to be angry, but you can't live there. It's counterproductive. 
All you're going to do is dig a deeper hole. I can attest to it. How many friends did we lose during that time, honey? How many of them did life in prison? And we saw some changes. We definitely did. We saw changes. We saw some laws enacted and so forth and so on. It, 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 was, it was okay. But the, the sacrifice, the price we paid, I guess you could say it was worth it because there were some changes made, but not really. Not really. I'd be in a meeting one day with some people, and the next day one of them would be found dead. So today we can say, God, where is your justice? Where is your justice? Can't you see how bad we're hurting? Can't you see how angry we are, how afraid we are? Where's justice, God? I'm going to answer that question in a minute. Just hang in there. Like I tell you, this is a mess. We're hanging there. Now, we talked about the 60s and, and, and the things we dealt with then, but, I mean, we've always had periods of tough times. In the Korean War, millions of people were killed, especially Koreans. 1.5 million Koreans were killed during that war. World War II, millions of people killed. Pearl Harbor bombed, thousands of sailors killed. You could hear the anguish of mothers, I'm sure, all the way up to the heavens. World War I, the war to end all wars. Well, how'd that work out? Not too good. 20 years later, we were back into another war. The world was back into another war. It took us a while. The Spanish flu. The Civil War. Americans killing each other. Keep going back. The War of 1912, the, I mean, uh, 1812, the, um, the Revolutionary War. Um, guess was it you or was my cousin Linda? Someone did research of the evidence going all the way back to the Revolutionary War. I don't know if that was you or not. But anyway, um, two of my ancestors, brothers, one fought for the American side and the other fought for the British. The one that fought for the British was so ashamed of his American and his, he changed his name from E-V-A-N-S to E-V-E-N-S. Can you imagine their poor parents? These boys out fighting opposite sides of this war. Can you imagine the nightmares their mother had of seeing these two face each other in battle and maybe one have to kill the other? That's tough times, folks. Now, these were my white ancestors. And some of you may not know this, but the first sacrifice of the Revolutionary War called the Boston Massacre was led by a black man. His name is Crispus Attucks. He led the, the, the protest. It was a protest against taxation, some other stuff. They walked to the British garrison, and they opened fire on him. He was shot several times. Black man started the war that got us all free. Did I learn that in history books when I was in school? No. I learned that through hard research, finding old, dusty books where they blow dust off to find these stories. Now it's common. You can Google it. Chris was at it. You can see it now. They have a statue to him in Boston right now. I'm getting sidetracked. You guys all right out there? But the thing I want to impress upon you guys is that even when I was in a jail cell, even through all these wars and discord and tough times, God is always present. 
God is always present. He's always been, he has always shown his hand. Always. The Great Awakening, the Second Great Awakening, 1700s, 18, well, 1800s, 1900s. The Welsh Revival. Come on, guys, the Zuzu Street Revival. In our own country. The Argentine renewal. The, the great healing renewal of the 50s. Yeah. And all the way through. God has shown, I don't care what's going on. I'm here with you. My hand is upon you. Come be healed. Come be loved on. Come for guidance. But do we go to him for guidance? We have a tough time. We get down and say, oh, Lord, we, we heal my cancer. God, pray for my son that's a drug addict. But do we say, God, how do I do it? God, how do I do it? God, how do I face these tough times? Yes, my doctor says this. But we have a friend many years ago. Paul and I, whose doctors told them to abort their son because he was going to be born with so many abnormalities. And they brought him, they didn't, and they brought him into our martial arts school. I guess he was about eight years old. Jahi, you may remember, I don't know, had big old heavy braces on his leg and couldn't literally, <laughs> they wanted me to teach him martial arts. I said, okay. So we get on the floor. I said, okay, son, let me see you lift your leg up. <laughs> lift it up. <laughs> okay, we got some work to do here. <laughs> that kid, it took him eight years. We got those bases off and got his black belt. Yeah. That kid was playing for the Ventura High School football team. Yeah. He wasn't a starter, but he was on the team. This is a kid whose parents were told to abort him. And they said, no. That's not our instructions. We're not going to do it. Do we go to him or do we listen to man is the question. How much time do I have? 15 minutes left. Okay. I like you, Chad. You like So we're going to be camping out in, in the book of Exodus a little bit here, a little, well, mostly, and then in Jeremiah and Matthew, some. But I want to talk a little bit about Exodus. I want to talk about some other tough times. You know, um, the Hebrew people all went to Egypt. And um, Jacob led his people there. There was a great famine. I'm, I'm really butchering this, but you guys know this story. But there was a great famine, and uh, Joseph, Jacob's son, had gotten uh, favor with Pharaoh and become basically like the prime minister of Egypt. And so through wisdom, through listening to God for guidance, yeah. he was able to save that whole region from starvation during the famine. And so he invited his family to come down and join him. And his family, that was a lot of people. So they had to basically find an area in Goshen where they could, where they could live. And they could grow and they could prosper. But that went well until Joseph died. And then Pharaoh died. And the next rulers weren't so kind to the Israelis, to the Hebrews, and made them slaves. They were in Egypt 430 years roughly. And about 400 of those years, they were slaves. And it got worse and worse and worse with every generation. Tough times. Yeah. But God sent them a savior. Prototype of Jesus. He sent them a savior, Moses. Moses had grown up in Pharaoh's house. He knew how the Egyptians thought and how they worked. But he was a Hebrew himself. You guys know the story. I won't go into all that, whatever, whatever. When he was 80 years old, God sent him back to, to, to set his people free. 
And so he went back. And you guys all know about the miracles and the, the, the ten plagues and, and all that to, to, to uh, convince Pharaoh that he should let the people go. Well, he let the people go. I was thinking about, I was thinking about that the other night. Man, if I was up like 30,000 feet, and I could see a couple of million people all exiting in one place at night at one time, it's like, wow. What a sight that had to be, man. Like, two million people just up and leaving, you know, just, you know, like, wow. What a, what a vision that had to be. But Pharaoh's heart hardened again. So that was a miracle enough. The ten plagues, the, 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 the miracle of everyone leaving, the Red Sea parting, the Hebrews walking through it, then them closing it down on the Egyptians. Miracle upon miracle upon miracle. But guess what? About three days after the Red Sea miracle, it's like, we don't have any water. <laughs> this water is nasty. We can't drink this water. Moses, what are you going to do about it? Not Father, who has shown us miracle after miracle after miracle. What are you going to do about it? Moses, what are you going to do? Moses got kind of ticked off. He said, why you keep looking at me? I didn't bring you out here. God did. So God said, okay, Moses. So God, I mean, so Moses, he, he appealed to God. He said, okay, Moses, there's this tree over there. Break a branch off, throw it in the water, and the water instantly became sweet. But do you think that would appease them? Go, oh, wow, okay, well, with God, man, everything's possible. We don't have any issues. No, for 40 years, this continued on. 40 years, this continued on. Why? Well, this is only my thoughts. But I really do believe and if you're interested in that story, that, that part is like Exodus 14 and 15. But what, what, I, what I believe is that they were God's chosen people. They were God's chosen people, handpicked by God. But after 40, I mean 430 years of living in a foreign land, I don't think the connection between them and the Father was quite there yet. I just don't think it was quite there yet. It became there, but I don't think it was quite there yet. So they had a personal relationship with God. Now Moses did. Imagine you walking along and there's a bush burning and it just keeps burning and it won't burn out. It's like, whoa, what is this? And you walk up there and it starts talking to you. <laughs> Take your shoes off. This is hollow ground. Uh, come close. Uh, you know, I am who I am. It's like, okay. Well, that's a personal relationship right there. So Moses and Aaron, because Aaron had divorced God as well, had a personal relationship. But I don't think the people did. Now, the point is, if you have a personal relationship with God, all things are possible. All things are possible. You don't need to go to a priest. You don't need to go to a, 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 an apostle. You don't need to go to a politician. You don't need to go to a king or any other kind of ruler to get the water turned from bitter to sweet. You have, through Jesus Christ, open access. You have open access. Say that with me. Open access. You can go directly to the Father. Joaquin talked about the miracles we've already seen. We've seen, we talk about it in Activate too. We always start off with testimonies and the miracles that we've seen. That's just the tip of the iceberg. The tip of the iceberg, guys. I don't want you to get it twisted. We came to Austin, our mission is revival. Our mission is revival. That's why we're all here. My wife and I quit our jobs, our ministry, everything to come to Austin. Sold our property, everything. 
because our mission is revival, and God showed me this in a vision. He showed me revival starting in Austin and burning and, and moving out throughout. Sorry, it wasn't burning, it was circles, but anyway, you get the gist of it. My wife is, uh, she kills me when I'm not accurate. I don't want to sleep on the couch tonight, honey. Love you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, walking on thin ice, I think, Chris. But um, That's our mission. That's our mission is revival. That's, that's why we're here. But I remember talking to Joaquin in my living room before he left to come here for him and Renee. Eddie Megan left to come here. I said, Joaquin, I really feel like that there's going to be issues of race that we need to address. And we both said, well, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how that works out. You know? Well, here it is. Here it is. I don't see it as different from revival. I don't see it outside of our mission for revival. How many people here have ever experienced, let me put it, okay, if you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, then you have witnessed a personal revival. Amen? Will you agree with that? Because it changes you, right? So how many people here have experienced like a revival in church, in church service? How many people have experienced like a citywide revival? More rare. A regional revival, even rarer. I remember in our church, Joaquin mentioned our church in Ventura, and we had, we had uh, uh, conferences that we ran called uh, Revival Ventura, and, man, it would break out, and people, listen, we had hell's angels. <laughs> we had prostitutes off the Ave. We had cops. We had me. Every walk in segment of society we had in there, and guess what? When we revived, people were like, oh, I love you. Oh, 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 you, oh, oh you're amazing. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. I, I don't care if you're white, black, green, or blue. I love you. I love you. I used to lock you up in a red bag. And there was a guy, <laughs> we had a cop there. There was a guy, he used to say, I used to lock you up all the time. And we loved each other. One of my very best friends became this really uh, uh, famous cold case detective. You've seen him on TV. And we used to stand in the back of the church. And he'd look at me. He'd say, little dude, he'd look at me and say, hey. he said, you know what? Back in the day, I would have arrested you. <laughs> I said, yeah, you would have tried. <laughs> but he's my buddy. He still is. We go to him, we stay in his house. We love him. He loves us. That's what happens in revival. Races break down, guys. Anger flees. Politics don't matter. Because there's one party, the kingdom party. It's the kingdom party. And with revival, man, all that mess just goes away. Amen? But we got work to do, meanwhile. We got work to do. We got people out there that want to kill each other, just like in the Civil War when Americans were killing Americans. And we got work to do. We got to unite. We got to come together under one banner, the kingdom banner. Amen? And we want to start with this house. I don't care what your politics is. I don't care who you voted for. I truly do not. You're an American, and you're my brother, and you're my sister. That's one thing we're doing with Be The Bridge, is we're bringing people together. And I want to hear your story. I want to hear your why. And I want you to hear mine. And through doing that, through us sharing our, our, our testimonies, our histories, where we've come from, who we are, 
brings unity. Jesus, yes, he said he came with a sword to divide, but he meant evil from good. But he was all about a united kingdom. Amen? I don't mean England. I know you're from Australia, but you live there, so you, you got the baddest. But he's about a united people. And I truly believe, guys, that we want to see that we're doing next weekend, we're going out in the streets. No, the 20. We're going out in the streets to bring revival to the city. And it's great to have a personal revival. It's great to have a church revival. But if we want to see a city-wide revival, we got to be unified. We want to see regional revival, we got to be unified. We got to put down pettiness. I don't care who you voted for in the last election. I don't care if you cried or you celebrated. Because you know what? My God is still on the throne. My God is still on the throne, guys. I don't care who's in the White House. I mean, I do care. I mean, there's certain things I don't want to see happen, okay? Uh, I'm not saying that. I mean, you know, uh, you know, like, I want certain things protected and certain things, liberty for other areas and things. Yes, that's true. But in the all, overall big picture, I really don't care who's sitting in the Oval Office as long as he's still sitting on the throne. Amen? Okay, take a break. I hear you. I've got about 10 minutes. You know, you talk about tough times and, and uh, <clears throat> having to make hard choices and not getting justice and things not being fair. I want you to take a little trip with me back in time. Can we do that? Yes. Can we just go back in time a little bit? Uh, about 4,000 years ago to Abraham. It's a long trip. Better bring some water with you. You might get thirsty. <laughs> so, so God said to Abraham, so you, uh, you're going to have a kid. It's like, well, I'm 90 years old. What are you talking about? You're going to have a kid. And it's going to, through this, you're going to populate the world, basically. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay, you, you got it, I believe you. It took a few years, but it happened, right? Yeah. But check this out. Then God said, hey, hey, you got you to gotta circumcise that kid. Okay. And I know you're 100, man, but you got to get circumcised too. What? <laughs> and not only you, but every male in your camp has to get circumcised. Now, they call it camp, guys, but he was a wealthy man. He had so much property and goods and so forth. He and Lot had to split up because they were going to ruin the land. It was so, so much that they had. You're talking about, I don't know, hundreds of men, thousands, I don't know. But all of them had to get circumcised. That's tough stuff. <laughs> Imagine that you are a shepherd. You're way out somewhere, man. You're miles away from HQ, right? <laughs> you don't know that God's visiting Abraham. You don't know nothing about nothing. You're out there, you're out there with the sheep, right? And somebody comes and says, hey, Pete, hey, Pete. Yeah? You got to get circumcised, man. <laughs> what? You got to get circumcised. God said to Abraham, we all had to get, man, I'm 50 years old. What are you talking about? <laughs> you got to get circumcised. That's the law. That's what God said do. Now, <laughs> they all did it. 
But do you, do you, I would bet you anything that Pete went to his grave not knowing why he had to do that. <laughs> you have a clue. But why did God do that? He was consecrating a people unto himself. He was consecrating a people unto himself. There was Abraham, there was Isaac, and there was Jacob. And Jacob's people wound up in Egypt. And you could tell a Hebrew male from an Egyptian male. There was a difference. God made them different. They were consecrated unto him. And he showed his mighty hand and who he is through his people. So that Pharaoh and the rest of the world said, wow, this God trumps all God. And think about that through those people that he brought into himself came King David, King Solomon, came the greatest kingdoms the earth had ever seen. And guess what else? Through that line came the Savior of the world, came Jesus Christ Almighty. Come on, give him a hand. That's good. Yeah. The poor Pete didn't have a clue. The <laughs> Pete going, that ain't fair. This ain't justice. But God's justice can be different than the justice we expect. Yeah. Amen? Amen? I've seen God levy justice immediately. The law, when he gave the law to the people, that was so that they could have justice. And they could know how to have justice. And they could know how to live with each other. And they can know what to do if this happened and that happened. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. They can have justice that day or that week or whatever. But sometimes God withholds justice for a long time because it suits his purposes. Amen? Yeah. So when we're going through all this stuff, yes, we feel pain and yes, we're hurt. Can I get some of the worship team up? Is the worship team here? Yeah. Um. All I want to say to you guys is that a lot of us are very angry. And in the Transformation Center, which my wife and I run, we deal with a lot of people coming in, and I'm just so angry, or I'm so scared. I have so much anxiety, I can't sleep at night because of what's going on. It's a big part of our practice there between Sozo and, and uh, the pastoral counseling the world's afraid. The world is angry. But I'm telling you guys, the world has been there before. Yeah. The world has been there before. The veil has been split. Yeah. Come on. We have access yeah. to the one true God who is more powerful than the gods of Egypt who was more powerful than all the gods they faced. He ran them all out. He said, I will send, I will send uh, wasps or whatever before you to run the people out before you. They will turn their backs to you. When they won one battle, just Moses holding his arms up. Every time he got tired, they started losing. They held them up again, they won. They had to set him on a rock and hold his arms up, but they won. Was it Moses' action that won the battle? No. It was symbolic of the presence of Almighty God. The sim symbology there was that as long as my hands are up and I'm holding that staff, God is with us. You cannot defeat us. Amen? 
I want you to hold your hands up right now and say, as long as God is with you, you cannot be defeated. Repeat that. You can't be defeated. As long as God is with me. I've skipped a lot. That's okay. Part B. Part B. The kingdom party. Full access. Guys, I'm not saying that we're supposed to sit around and do nothing. I'm not saying that. I'm doing something right now. When you join the beat of bread, you're doing something. You know, if God calls you to do something and it's positive, it's non-divisive, any kind of action, then I say by all means do it. But get your orders from him first. Get your marching orders in your direction from him first. Not from anger. Guess who puts that anger in your heart? It ain't God. Don't move out in anger. Don't let fear rule you. I don't care if you do decide to wear a mask. I, I don't care. But don't do it out of fear. Seek justice. Seek justice. But ask God, what does his justice look like? You know, we can't have the attitude that if God won't fix it right now, that I'm going to go out and find somebody bigger and stronger than me to fix it. Because that person will let you down in the long run. But I want you to hear this. I want you to hear this very, very clearly. A person will fail you. A person will get tired. A person will mislead you. A person has flaws. But God never gets tired. Amen? He will never disappoint you, and he will never, ever be silenced. God would always be our side, by our side, asking us to partner with him through the victory, united together, just like Moses, just like Aaron, and just like Ur uh, were. Amen? Jeremiah 29, 11, 13, For I know the thoughts I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope, then you will call upon me and go and pray to me and I will listen to you. And you will seek me and you will find me when you search me with all your heart. Leviticus 26, 12, I will walk among you and be your God and you shall be my people. That's a promise. That's an everlasting, forever promise. I will walk amongst you. He's here right now. Can you feel him? I feel him. He's here right now. He's our God. And he will always be, my, uh, be our God, and we will always be his people. If you're just a little bit scared, folks, if you look, got a little anger, got some anxiety can I get the prayer team up do we have a prayer team tonight ministry team yeah ministry team up thank you guys if you are fearful if you are angry if you have anxiety if you're just plain confused about not knowing what to do or how to handle current uh, uh, our current circumstances I want you to come forward. 
I want you to come forward and, and these prayer warriors will pray for you. You don't need a Moses. You don't need an Aaron. You don't need a Joshua to lead you in the battle. All you need is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And if you don't have one, come forward. And we have people that will pray for you. And they will lead you into the presence of God. Amen. God bless you guys. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com.